Founded in 2005 by artist Noah Becker, White Hot Magazine is one of the leading platforms for contemporary art. So I have a very special guest today on the White Hot Magazine podcast. Um, Krista Kim is joining us. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? Good. It's great to have you here. Um, we've published articles about you in past years for various projects that you're working on. And then I've also crossed paths with you in the NFT space in different ways years later as well. Not that many years, actually. I have maybe a few years or something. Mm -hmm. But um, can you talk a little bit about your recent project? Oh, Continuum? Mm -hmm. Continuum. Wow. So Continuum, as you know, has been a concept that I started in 2017. Um, I did my first um, exploration of using the screen in large format display, uh, like a concert uh, LED wall, hmm. using that as a medium for instilling meditativeness and a sense of healing, creating a, an environment, if you will, uh, through the use of a large, a large display in an open space as a public art installation in collaboration with um, composers who create sound healing frequency music. So I, I was really inspired by my stay in Japan. I lived there for about three and a half years between 2005 to 2008. And while I was there, um, you know, I basically was inspired by Kyoto. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it struck me so much is because when I first encountered the city, I went to the Ryoenji Temple Garden and immediately just stepping off the airplane, getting out of the airport, you're, you're just surrounded by this overwhelming feeling of zen and calmness. And I loved it. So I visited the temple because it's the oldest zen garden in the world. It's been around for over a thousand years from monk to monk caretaker and artists. And when I first encountered it, I was confused because it's so stark. It's so minimalist. You're just like, why is this so special <laughs> upon first glance? Mm -hmm. So I sat with it. And it's the kind of artwork that you have to really, this installation, you have to sit there and really just absorb it and let it be, um, let it embrace you in terms of the environmental uh, effect of the, the visual context. And so for me, you know, just, just sort of gazing without thinking about it really helped because the empty space between the rocks and all of the beautifully uh, the beautifully raked line design through the rake you know um, raking through the stones the pebbles creating these patterns in the fine pebbles I just was astonished that I in fact became meditative in that moment. Mm. And I realized as an artistic epiphany that it is uh, truly uh, a mirror of the mind, um, that art can actually imbue a sense of uh, pure consciousness 
as an intention, as an environment that is um, a place where people can actually transform their state, their mind state. And I, I in fact, uh, became more and more interested in creating that same phenomenon through light of the screen, because uh, we are now in an environment that is digital. And in 2013, when I started to uh, use the smartphone every day, I realized that physiologically I was being uh, I was being altered. And mm. in fact, the, the devices and the platforms were changing the way I think, altering the way I communicate and also associate with people. Mm-hmm. And my relationship, not, not only to the device became extremely addictive, mm-hmm. but I was constantly in need of, of uh, distraction and constant uh, entertainment, mm-hmm. filling the void, filling the emptiness with something. Right? Mm-hmm. And I felt that it was not that healthy. Um, hmm. Having grown up in the '80s, you know, I mean, without without digital devices, uh, I, I kind of know that you know, growing up in an environment where you actually have empty space to think, to to be with your own thoughts, to understand who you are, like it takes silence and these gaps, right, of distra- these gaps between hmm. uh, diff- di- between action that help you plan to to understand who you are. You got to think. But nowadays, people are so distracted; they don't think; they just do. Right. And it's 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 not it's not what we're made to. It's not what we're physiologically built for. We're hunters and gatherers. So you have this mass adoption, this exponential, uh, you know, change. And I thought, oh my god, like we need digital Zen gardens using the digital visual language and the communication and digital to express Zen in the digital realm for the 21st century and beyond. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that meditation will save us from the machine and art will save us from ourselves. It has done that very thing for me. I meditate to mitigate the relentless distraction and the data pollution that fills my mind every day because of the devices we use. It's, it's, it's a balancing point for me. It's health, it's, it's wellness, it's like exercise. Mm-hmm. And art, expressing myself, being able to think for myself and be myself in this world where you know digital can be so distracting, even consume you to the point where you know, you, you don't know who you are anymore. This is happening to billions of kids who are reporting that they are depressed, anxious, and lonely, the most of any generation in human history because of digital technology and social mm. plat- media platforms. Facebook is hiding, and the whistleblower exposed the science that they have always had and, knew, and known because they're exploiting human weaknesses for right. their own little game. Without going into a whole discussion about Facebook for an hour, what maybe you could give me sort of your reaction if you saw it to the Meta launch where they're doing like people beaming in in 3D and kind of doing a Facebook Metaverse. Did you have any reaction to that? I do. And what I, what I know is that decentralization is a force of nature that, uh, that even Facebook cannot, cannot win. Because decentralization is simply the way that we are heading. 
NFTs, the entire movement, the crypto revolution is all about decentralization. And that means the decentralization of tech company supremacy. That is the, you know, that is the fact that people are now going to be used to and have as common practice and common know-how to co-create and to co-vest, to have equity in the social platforms and own the IP that you create and contribute onto the platform. It's sovereignty and it's data sovereignty. It's about IP sovereignty. These are all completely incongruous with what Facebook stands for. They wanna own all the shit. They yeah. wanna own you. They wanna own all your data and then they wanna sell that data and make trillions of dollars off of your data. And then I just think that as an ethical standpoint, it's wrong. And in the movement of decentralization, we are empowering the individual. Therefore you have to recognize the rights of the in, that are inherent in the system. And I think that they're definitely, um, they have to decentralize in order to survive. And if they are so clueless that they can't do that, they can't adjust as a corporation, then they will not mm. survive. So um, I thought, I just thought it was kind of odd because I've been doing stuff in what they call the metaverse, like crypto voxels and that sort of thing. And then all of yeah. a sudden there's a metaverse that's being announced, like it's a new thing. So I hear what you're <laughs> saying. Um, mm -hmm. So your, your work has um, been informed by a lot of different things. You described something earlier that it was informed by in your experience in Japan. Yeah. Um, James Terrell, Robert Irwin, Rothko, oh, yeah. some other sort of contemporary art names have kind of informed your work. 100%. They're my rock stars. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marshall McLuhan. Marshall McLuhan is, is, uh, is he's, a, he's the most relevant uh, media guru mm. uh, right now, especially. I mean, incidentally, the, Andrew McLuhan mm. started writing for White Hot Magazine last week. Oh, and he, what? yeah, he's in, uh, he lives in Prince Edward County. Um, do you know where that is? Yeah. Is that? Of Where's... course I do. I go there for the beach. Sandbox. Okay. Right. And he's Wine the country. Right. He's the director of the McLuhan Institute. I'd love and... to meet him. I have yeah, to with I can. No, I'll entirely introduce you to him. And he Thank is, you. he carries on the McLuhan family legacy and he studies the effects of technology on people and cultures. Maybe you guys should connect. Well, I think that it's time to have an in-depth conversation about his father's teachings, uh, his legacy for the metaverse. Mm. Because in order to navigate the metaverse, we are indeed creating a new civilization. And, you know, I have a political science background, incidentally. That's why, that's why I have all of these references um, to philosophy and um, political science and you know, economic political structure. It just makes sense to me when I think about creating a new civilization. And this is exactly how the metaverse is approached. Because mm. you have to have an economic system that creates the, the metaverse and that's based on NFTs and a decentralized finance, DeFi mm -hmm. and uh, financial system. Mm -hmm. um, and co-vesting, right? Uh, decentralized ownership. So these concepts are what's creating the metaverse and it's revolutionizing human life it's it's going to completely revolutionize every system that we currently have had since the industrial revolution and that's a welcome change 
because so far it it uh, it served us in the beginning, but it came became too too centralized in the powers of too few people. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be like uh, I saw a depiction of like somebody cooking dinner, and then like somebody's wife was on VR goggles while the husband was cooking dinner? Do you think it's going to be that kind of like extended trip outside of what we call physical reality? I think it's going to be more like, okay, honey, I'm going to go get my doctor's appointment. You put on your VR glasses and you see your doctor in in the metaverse and Mm -hmm. you have all of your diagnostics and, and you have your um, prescriptions or your treatments um, shipped to you and uh, you're instructed through the metaverse. And uh, yeah, it's, it's all community and and services and work in the metaverse. Right. But if it isn't Facebook, that's dominating by pumping billions of dollars into a virtual experience where like, how is this gonna happen? So here's the thing, what Facebook doesn't understand and what they'll never understand is that the metaverse is a creator's economy. It's about creators. It's, it's an empty canvas and only the artists will create for that empty canvas. Sure, Facebook can hire people to do it, but I mean, will they actually create spaces where people will be impelled to come back? Will it attract people? I mean, there has to be inherent emotional reasons to go into the metaverse and to connect. Mm. I think that that's more successful when artists are at the helm and not a corporate entity for brands and branding. I mean, right. Do you want to go into a shopping mall and hang out in the metaverse? I don't think so. Mm, no. Even the brands themselves, the brands themselves are re, re they're, they're transforming into communities and experiences through art. Mm. It's all about art now. It's the greatest artistic renaissance of human civilization ever. Are you trying to sort of point to NFT, the NFT space in a certain way? 100%. Because when you're when you're in the metaverse, you want to invest in assets and art that is a store of value. And it's only art, only art, can fulfill that. And you want to make sure that you know these um, objects make you happy. Like <laughs> that you mm. this this uh, consumer culture is going to be so different in the metaverse where people are seeking out such niche and super hyper authentic items to to make their lives enhanced. It's all about enhancement of emotion and connection through Mm. radical authenticity and customization and co-creation. Now, who wants to co-create on a platform that owns your IP? I don't think anyone would. Mm. So why would you do that? So when, (laughs) right. When we published that, I think it was a show you were having at Nui Blanche in 2019. We did an article that was somewhat of an interview with you that Nicolette Mm. Ramirez did. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And um, I had not entirely heard of you at that point, although I had seen that you were showing. So your name wasn't like vague to me. But then when you Mm. were brought in for an article, it was sort of the pieces fell together um mm. and it was one of my favorite articles that we had published recently oh. i was really wow. really happy about that i like the canadian connection as well um mm. so you are you canadian i am i okay. was born in canada eastern canada 
It, I was, yes, I was actually born in Sudbury. Mm. <laughs> when my, when my father, when my parents first immigrated, they actually landed in Sudbury for the first three, four years. And then mm. we moved to Kitchener. And, and I'm guessing um, you're of Korean descent? Yes, I am. Okay. Kim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Smith of, of Korea, mm. the Kim. <laughs> right. So why did you go to Japan and not Korea for that kind of inspiration? I did. I lived in Asia for 15 years. And I, I after university, 2000, I moved directly to Seoul. And I lived there for five years, and I then I ended up in Japan for three and a half, and uh, moved back to Canada for about a year and a half, and then moved back to Singapore for five years. So hmm. it's uh, it was a long, a long stay in in Asia, which I would I, I learned so much. It was such a valuable experience, but for me, artistically, uh, Kyoto was the place that struck me as. Uh, a place of great beauty and and you know just the the dignity of the, the artwork there and just the mm -hmm. the longevity it will never ever go out of fashion like this is forever what they've created there and i, I think that uh, i i actually look to kyoto as a great example of how to do that mm -hmm. Um, I'll ask you a few more questions before we finish, because um, I, I was doing one hour podcast before, and now I kind of like sort of 30 minute ish podcast. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that's about people are having a bubble bath and listening us to us talk and, you know, they have to light the candles and um, so you were involved with the art world before the NFT space. Yes. How did you enter the NFT space? Well, so, so during the COVID crisis is when I created the Mars House. That was like last February, between February and May. I hired a freelancer and he 3D modeled all of my designs. And I created like four different projects. And it was really interesting because um, I just knew that creating these, uh, basically I considered them like architectural projects, right? The conceptual design projects of digital Zen for the 21st century and beyond. And my intention was to bring that into VR, mm -hmm. right? And that's what the game engine allows you to do, which is why it's created on Unreal Engine. And it's just such an incredible experience to even walk through the, the, you know, the, the house on Unreal Engine. It was like, and nothing I'd ever seen the quality and the photorealism, such high quality, I loved it. And then with that project, I intended on creating physical like design concepts, furniture, et cetera, et cetera, my own brand, if you will. Um, and I was influenced through my collaboration with Lan Ven. I just wanted to extend that into lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then back in December, um, you know, a few months after I completed the project, I began to really worry about the state of the world economy because of overprinting of our fiat currencies. The Canadian dollar, the US dollar, especially the US dollar, because whenever the US sneezes, Canada catches a cold. 
So I was really looking for my own investment strategy. Um, I looked into Bitcoin and Ethereum because I knew nothing about it. And little did I realize that decentralization and the crypto revolution would save humanity. Like I was just elated to learn about all this. But then I learned about the blockchain and transparency. And I thought, art blockchain, what a great concept. I Googled it and NFTs came up. I was like, oh my God, it already exists. So I did some research and I found super rare. Immediately I, I applied as an artist and I was whitelisted in, in January for the February intake into my first work in February in Mars house. I decided to mint it in March Wow! because when I did my research, like I was looking into who truly about this can't be all that NFTs are because it's code. It could be anything, right? The possibilities are endless. Why are these platforms only selling 2d JPEGs? and videos mm. as art. And I thought, my God, uh, these collectors are actually buying these 2D objects and then posting them in their metaverse crypto voxels galleries that they build. And I have a house that is the FBX file, the Unreal Engine. I can actually upload my house into these metaverse platforms. In fact, I could sell this house mm. for the metaverse. And that's the thought process that, that I went through. And I thought, okay, all right, Krista, let's mint this house and see if the world is ready for the next iteration of NFTs, the future of NFTs mm. in the metaverse and the future of life in right. the metaverse. Speaking of super rare, you know, I had the Cranes and their other partner at Super Rare, like the founders of Super Rare were on this podcast recently. It's a, awesome. it's a fun great. episode if you if you listen to podcasts. I'm I, going to take a bubble bath tonight and listen okay. to it. There you go. We actually are a podcast. Um, so uh, it's you. We've actually been talking for a while, and I really enjoyed a lot of what you say. And uh, in in the past, I've listened to some of the things you've said have really been instructive and inspiring. And and uh, I find your work extremely inspiring. Um, and uh, I keep seeing uh, new exciting projects happening for you. What, what's the next thing coming up? Well, thank you. Um, Continuum is, um, is a world tour and my team and I were, were planning um, installations. Uh, we have one coming up during Miami Basel. Um, we're, and I will I will disclose all the details soon <laughs> on my socials. Right. Um, and yeah, so we're working on creating this world movement. Really, you know, changing the paradigm of our relationship with technology. So we're not passive consumers, but we're active co-creators in the betterment of our well-being through technology. Mm. So um, this is something I want to take everywhere, and the outpouring of support has been great. And I'm also continuing my, my other exhibitions globally uh, with different partners. I have a, an exhibition happening in Beijing uh, this month, mm -hmm. this coming month. And um, there will be more activation. Oh, I have a show with the Hermitage State Museum, Mars House. Mm. It will be displayed uh, for their NFT exhibition between November 10th to December 10th. 
uh, stay tuned for that. It's going to be a metaverse exhibition. Very exciting. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so I have other projects lined up for next year, but primarily I'm focused on, you know, really spreading the word on Continuum. And this Miami Basel will be quite exciting because we have some fun activation and collaboration with uh, Super Rare and Super World. And, Where are we uh, going to find you we, if we come to Miami? Oh, well, definitely um, find me at Twitter, uh, Krista underscore, underscore Kim. I'll have mm. all of the news announced there right. and also my IG at Krista.Kim. Right. So, so we can keep up with you that way. Twitter is so exciting because it's like, you know, it's real time. Right. And I agree. Uh, you can make great announcements then. Yes. And it's Absolutely. so NFT. Like, I didn't even use my Twitter account before NFTs. It's I'm new to it still. It's quite funny. Still Isn't trying to understand. Yeah, likewise. Mm. My, my Twitter is really a different thing since the NFT space. Um, I find that Twitter is more like a running like running commentary, like a flow of consciousness, ideas, and just thoughts. Don't you think? Can be, yeah. I mean, it's a player's game in a certain way. And I find that like it takes a while and then it, you just re- turn a corner and then all of a sudden it's like crypto Twitter is upon you. <laughs> yes, you're right, exactly. <laughs> well, it's been That's an so honor funny. talking to you today. Thank um, you for having I, me. Now. I wish we could go on and on and on, but I, I'm happy I'm happy that you took the time to speak to us and I'm sure everybody's going to be excited listening to this. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Miami. I'll see you there. Absolutely. All right. Well, have a great afternoon or evening wherever you are right now. You too. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Okay, Thank bye. you. Bye-bye.